Greetings to everyone joining us for a new episode of the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top FIBA events. I am André and with me our basketball expert Joe Volent. Hi André, hi guys. Hope everything is okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of the European Hoops podcast. Hopefully you guys stay with us and tune in for the rest of our episodes. André, let us know, man, what are we talking about today? In this two-part episode, we will recap the EuroLeague round 10 and preview the delayed game from round six between Maccabi and Real Madrid scheduled for Tuesday of the upcoming week. In today's episode, we cover the matchups where Aswell faced Bayern, Maccabi took on Barcelona, Palatinakos clashed with Valencia, Virtus went against Fenerbahce and Real Madrid played against Alba. Round 10 started with a bang featuring a double overtime thriller between Aswell and Bayern. In this uh, emotionally charged game, Bayern secured the 101 to 100 victory and that propelled them to the 15th place in the standings with a record of four, four wins and six losses. Bayern needed a 23 to 14 fourth quarter for them to come back to force overtime and then to win the, the game in overtime, in the second overtime. Paris Lee continued his impressive season for Aswell in this game. He finished the game with 19 points. 7 assists, 3 steals and uh, a positive plus-minus of plus 7 in this loss. For Bayer, Balmaro and Devin Booker were the standout performance for this game. They contributed with a 16-4-8 and eight with 1 steal for the guard and 16-11-2 and two for the big man. Rebounding once again proved crucial for Barcelona for the way that they play and for their strategy as they out-rebounded Aswell 49-37 helping to balance Aswell 25-7 advantage in points of turnovers. What were for you the decisive factors for this Bayern comeback and win on this uh, thriller game? Well, I think definitely the, the decision-making, uh, and I'm I, not only for Bayern, but for both teams, uh, I believe the main reason Bayern fell behind was the decision-making. They were just taking bad shots and not trying to get shooters open, not putting the ball inside and playing with cuts and dribble handoffs. Uh, I think that's something they should explore a bit more. Uh, they were just throwing bad shots, and especially Sylvan Francisco. Uh, I thought he was very bad for the, the first 40 minutes, but then in overtime, he he, he hit three, three threes, and he was very important for them in overtime. Uh, but definitely the decision-making for this team, uh, I feel like it's very important because they have the talent. Uh, they just need to make better decisions because even when they did have a comeback, I believe it was more due to their defensive aggressiveness that was just much better in the fourth quarter uh, because they were still making some bad decisions offensively. It's just that shots started falling, and that's how they, they got the comeback. Uh, Aswell did a great job getting to the free throw line and enforcing turnovers throughout the first three quarters, but then in the fourth, they were not so aggressive, and obviously this is due to Bayern stepping up defensively as well, uh, but I think that's why the comeback happened. It was a great game, and Bayern did a great job coming back. Yeah, absolutely. Two questions for you. One of them is like these two teams, do, would you consider that they are at a similar level at this point of the, the competition? I think Bayern is more talented. Uh, I do think Oswald has talent to, to compete with some of these teams, but I do think Bayern has more talent and more options. Um, I do think it's close though. Like I, I think Bayern's mm-hmm. better, but I think it's close. It's not like it, it should be an easy matchup for Bayern. I, I definitely don't think that. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I, I also think that Bayern has the better roster and the, the most talented roster. They also have probably 
the the type of players that can bring them like some consistency in this type of matchups. But I think that both of these rosters are at this moment uh, seeing themselves with having the same expectations of trying to fight, to climb, to be a lower-end playing team and to try to put themselves into that fight. And both are kind of far from that fight at this moment. Although Bayern is just one win away from the team that is in 10th place, they they still are struggling and trailing and at the bottom of the standings at this moment. But while I agree that uh, Bayern is the most talented team uh, between these two, I do think that at this moment uh, they are somewhat in the similar boat and at a similar level. And uh, this uh, game that ends by one point difference like represents that and uh, it's a show of exactly that. Then the second question I have for you, it's regarding Bayern and the lack of consistency that we spoke that will be so important for them. The decision-making making you are talking about, it's it's that. It's like have young players or less experienced players in the, at the early level being able to make consistently good decisions game after game and even throughout the 14 minutes of the game. Do you expect them to somewhat find solutions for that internally or do you think that this Bayern team could use a reinforcement a new player that will bring that stability to the team? Well, I think that reinforcement is uh, Lucic when he comes back. Uh, I mean, he, obviously he's been hurt, but, but I think he's a guy that can bring uh, a level of consistency for them, not only offensively, but defensively as well. And with Ibaka down there, I think that could be a very good defensive team. Uh, I definitely think they miss him and he would definitely bring some of that consistency. But obviously, decision-making, consistency, those are the, the key words here for this team. And that's why I think a guy like Nick Valerab is so important for them because he does it on both ends of the floor. He he battles on the rebounding, even though he's a guard. And that's why I think he's so important for them. And they have all of those other guards who might be more talented than him, but he, he just makes up for it with playing defense and uh, fighting for rebounds, getting on the floor on loose balls. Like He just does so much of the little things for them that I think he's so important. And that's why I always, when we talk about matchups for these Bayern games, I, I go to Nick <laughs> Valerbeb a lot because I really believe he's one of their most important players. Absolutely. I'm 100% in agreement with you on that. Another highly competitive game after this uh, double overtime uh, thriller between uh, Bayern and Asphalt was the game that uh, put head-to-head Maccabi and Barcelona. Barcelona was able to conquer the win, 92-90, to with the top performer for Barcelona once again, being La Provitola that uh, had another impressive game and was again very important for Barcelona to be able to achieve this win. He ended the game with 23 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. Do you, what were the keys for Barcelona to be able to conquer such uh, another very important win for them to claim themselves as the second strongest team so far in this edition of the EuroLeague? Well, first of all, it was a great game. Uh, I I said it in the, on the preview. I think these two teams were pretty evenly matched up uh, as far as size, as far as uh, certain matchups. I think it would be a, a very good game, and it didn't disappoint. I mean, uh, I thought Maccabi would be more suited to, to win this game, having those two guys in a close one uh, for them to just take over. Uh, but Wade, he, he did a poor job like as far as letting his emotions get in the way of the game because he, he wasn't able to finish the game due to foul trouble. And uh, I think he had an unsports- unsportsmanlike in attack, so he wasn't uh, allowed to be on the floor to close the game. And, and Barcelona took advantage of that, of course, because Wade was having a great game, so he would have been very important for Maccabi. 
um, at the end. Uh, but La Provite Lamer, what a great player he has been for, for Barcelona. Uh, I think that after seeing him play for Real Madrid before going to Barcelona, uh, I was like, mm, I don't know how he can contribute uh, as far as like being a, having a big role on a winning team. But he, since he came to Barcelona, he's just played at such a high level. And this season especially, uh, he just seems so in control. Uh, every time he gets the ball, he, he, he just goes straight to attack mode. He, he's one of the best in the competition as far as putting the ball in the basket. And he has been uh, playing with a, a higher level of consistency this season. And that's what I'm loving about his game. Because in the past, he was a, a lot very inconsistent. He would have like 20-point games and then don't score. So I, I'm loving this season that he's being their consistent go-to guy. Like they trust him and he has been making great decisions and just putting the ball in the basket at a high level. So I'm becoming such a huge fan of him this season. I was already, but... He's just taking up another level this season. So, great game by him. He has been truly impressive and he has been one of the most important players for this Barcelona team. We know that uh, some of their strengths are in the depth and the depth of talent that they have on their roster. They are a very complete team, a very consistent team, but he has been one of the highlights of this season. Not only of Barcelona, but of the whole competition and of the EuroLeague. He has been one of the, the best players so far in the competition, no doubt about that. Let's head to Greece, where Paratinaikos once again demonstrated that they have found their footing in this competition and are on a path that aligns with the talent we recognize from their roster. They have positioned themselves as contenders for a Final Four. They are now in fourth place in the standings, leading a group of three teams with six wins and four losses. In this game, where they faced the early sensation of the EuroLeague uh, this season, Valencia. The Greens secured a convincing 90-73 victory. The 70-point win was fueled by a standout performance by the game MVP Matias Lasorte, who was truly dominant with 17 points, 7 rebounds in just 27 minutes. For the visitors, it was uh, a tough night, shooting 52% from 2 and 25% from 3. They simply lacked the offensive firepower to be able to keep up with this Paratinacos team, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, uh, you're not going to win many games scoring only five threes in, in 2023. So with the play style of today's game, I mean, you definitely need to be a good three-point shooting team and shooting just making five threes is not going to be enough to beat such a talented team as Panathinaikos, uh, who are definitely on the way up. I mean, they're just playing better, like better ball movement. They're being able to stay competitive on the boards. Uh, Mitoglu's impact has been amazing for them. Uh, everything really seems to be headed in the right direction. And, and that's really amazing to see because obviously they did such a a, a huge roster change. They, they, they had so many new players. It was like a, a changing of the culture, obviously, that they needed to do. So despite them struggling to start the season, I think it's very important now for them to be headed in the right direction. And, and it's like you said, Valencia didn't have the capability to match the, the scoring part of Panathinaikos' game. And their defense didn't really bother Panathinaikos much. They wasn't able to force turnovers. They wasn't able to to force them to hit, to, to shoot contested shots and uh, allowing them to score 90. Uh, I think it's something that's obviously not usual for Valencia. So, But, but that just shows how talented Panathinaikos really is. And if they're not capable of matching up the, the firepower or slowing them down, it's obviously going to be tough for them to beat all of these more talented teams. So great win for Panathinaikos because Valencia, even though they're going down a little bit lately, they, they are still a very competitive team and they're not an easy team to play against. So this is a great win for Panathinaikos. And I think the fact that 
it, it was a blowout, it, it's even more impressive and should boost their confidence even more because they, they've been really playing at a much better level. For Valencia, they will need to be able to beat teams that are at their level or similar level, teams that are competing for the play-in, uh, to be in the playing picture, for them to be able to be there once the regular season is over. That would always be the case with them, and that's what we expected to see from them. But uh, for Paratinaikos, I want to ask you, what do you see from this team right now? Are they Final Four contenders? Are they Playoff contenders? Are they title contenders? What do you think it's realistic to expect from this Paratinaikos roster and from the way that they are performing now that they clearly have found uh, the way that they thrive playing? Well, I think uh, a fair way to put it is Final Four contenders. Uh, I definitely think they are a playoff team. So if they make the playoffs uh, with the competitiveness that we have this year, uh, I think that any team that makes the playoffs has a chance to win a series, even though obviously there's going to be favorites, of course. Uh, but I think Panathinaikos has a chance to reach the Final Four. Uh, I don't want to put them in, in title contenders for now. I need to see them do more of this against better teams. Um for me to really put them at that level. And I think, I just think Real Madrid is like in the tier by themselves as far <laughs> as style contenders. So I, I'm not going to put Panathinaikos there yet, but but I do think final four contenders is a, is a fair shot. We will get to the Real Madrid game and <laughs> I think it's not hard to see why you say that. But if yeah. people like so much to to hear me putting you on the spot, I will get you the, some hard questions again about Panathinaikos and compare them with some other teams and see if you are higher on them or on these okay. other teams. So let's go. Let's start from the top to bottom and let's go Panathinaikos <laughs> in Barcelona. Which one do you think uh, is playing better and has better sh better shots to compete for the title? Okay, Barcelona is a, a much more consistent team, but I do like the talent more on Panathinaikos' side. Uh, I think I would lean Panathinaikos. Like it, I'm actually in agreement it, with you on that one. Yeah, <laughs> I think if this was a, if this was like a playoff series, uh, if Panathinaikos had home court advantage, I would definitely go Panathinaikos. Uh, if they didn't, it, it would have been harder, of course. But I think I I, I would lead Panathinaikos. I just think they have more. Like, and not that Barcelona doesn't have the talent or or the ability to beat them. I just I just like Panathinaikos more. On a playoff series, I would say it's 55 to 45 in favor of Barcelona. On a final four game, I will lean 51 to 49 in favor of Paratinaikos. Paratinaikos, yeah. I, yeah, I think yeah. that they have that uh, that ceiling that is higher and uh, they can beat anyone in any given game. Okay, next one. Paratinaikos against Virtus. Yeah, I think Paratinaikos is the better team. Uh, I believe Virtus might play a, a more attractive play style because of the ball movement and the shooting. Uh, but I just think that Panathinaikos has way too many, way too much talent, and they they are trending on the way up as far as play style. So if they can really bring some consistency into this, and if they get to the playoff uh, phase playing like this and with everybody healthy, uh, I really think Panathinaikos is a better team. Okay, to end this segment, I will give you three teams. One of them is Panathinaikos, of course, for you to rank them: Panathinaikos, Olympiakos, and Monaco, the three teams that are tied now for fourth place. I would probably go Monaco, Panathinaikos, Olympiakos. I'm in agreement with you. So again. Yeah. <laughs> Let's I continue that, then. I think that would go be, ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying, I think that would be a, a fair ranking. Obviously, three very good teams. And you can even throw teams like Fenerbahce or Partizan or FSS in there. But, uh, but I think Monaco is at the top of those of that group. Yeah. yeah and Maccabi as well will be another yeah, team Maccabi, to, be, to be there on that mix. It's just... Uh, 
for me, the what is more curious here is to see if Parakakos has one more step that they can reach and put them at the same level as a team as Monaco that clearly will have the, the best player is a team that has tons of depth uh, across the board. And uh, I just wonder if Paratinakos has that level. They are close, but if they have that level for, for us to, to actually have that serious conversation, if they are at the same level or even higher than Monaco, and that we will see as this season continues. But let's continue with our recaps and the next two teams to hit the court were Virtus and Fenerbahce. And while Valencia slowed down after a strong start to the season, there is no slowing down for this Virtus squad, which conquered an 87-79 to win over Fenerbahce. Virtus improved their home record to five wins and one loss, while Fenerbahce has only been able to secure one road win so far this season. They have been struggling on the road and they are one win and five losses on the road. At the moment, in the standings, Virtus is third with seven wins and three losses, while Fenerbahce ranks ninth with five wins and five losses. Unsurprisingly, the MVP of this game was no, no other than Toko Shengelia, who ended the game with impressive stat line of 15 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists and 1 steal. As we have discussed in our preview, Hackett was once again a key player for Virtus and for the way that they are playing. He contributed with 14 points and 6 assists. Virtus had a better shooting night from behind the arc, shooting 32.1% compared to Fenerbahce 20.8%, what was crucial for me for the way that Virtus was able to impose their game on this matchup and for them to secure this victory. Fenerbahce lost their previous four games. What do they need to do to be able to bounce back from this bad run? Well, first of all, uh, I just said for Valencia that you're not going to win many games uh, scoring only five threes. And the same exact thing applies to Fenerbahce, <laughs> uh, also scoring just five threes on this one. And uh, for them, I, I think Motley was great and, and was dominant. But outside of him, nobody really stepped up to, to contribute. And the thing against Virtus, like to beat them, it can't be a one-man show. Like they, they will always have multiple guys playing at a high level and, and you need a whole team effort to beat that. So obviously, Shengela was great again. Uh, Eckett being that consistent player on both sides of the floor for them was huge and it is every single game because he always shows up and, and always plays hard on both sides of the floor. So this was a great win for Virtus, obviously. Uh, Fenerbahce, I think they definitely need to find um, a better way to handle the rotations. Uh, obviously, they have a lot of solutions. They have a lot of options. So they need to figure out the best way to, to keep everybody happy and to just make it work because they have the pieces for that. We talked about how deep and how good their roster is and they have a great coach too. So they have the pieces to make it work. It's just a matter of putting it together on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. And Virtus continues to prove that uh, they are a team that will be on the, the playoff picture once uh, the regular season is done. They will be fighting to be on the playoff picture once the regular season is done. But the reality of the League is that you can go on a bad run at any given moment. And that's what's happening to Fenerbahce right now. And despite Virtus being in third place, they are only two wins ahead of 11th place and being out of the play-in. So they are playing at a very, very high level. The way that Toko Shengali is playing is, is impacting the game for this team is extremely impressive and very important. But the ability to be able to keep it up, it, uh, it will be very important for this Virtus team. But it's a team that has some very important players that are older and to be able to withstand a whole season can be hard at times. So... The ability of Virgis to sustain this level of play will be very important for them to have aspirations to be 
on the playoffs, on the play-in, once the regular season is done. But they have been nothing short than impressive so far this season. They play a great brand of basketball. And this third place is very well-deserved and uh, and props for them for being playing at this, at this level. And I hope they are able to keep it up. To conclude this episode, let's break down the game between Real and Alba, where the leaders Real secured their ninth win this season, maintaining their dominant streak so far. As we discussed on our preview of this game, Alba's chance relied on the, their ability to try to outscore Real, but uh, they simply didn't have the weapons to contradict Real's defensive strength. In this uh, dominant win, where no Real Madrid player played more than 24 minutes, Mario Azonia was the MVP of the game, with 26 points, 4 rebounds and 2 steals, and Campazzo once again played a crucial role for Real, with 7 points and 13 assists in this game. Procida, on uh, the other hand, and the other team, was the standout performer for Alba. He finished the game with 14 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, and 1 block. Was this just a game without uh, surprises and uh, where the strongest team won? What highlight did caught your eye on the, this uh, another dominant win by Real Madrid? Man, that's the perfect word right there. Dominance. I mean, <laughs> I think that's the word for this team, man. Uh, they shot 16 of 27 from three, which is crazy. Like their ball movement and the elite offense led by Campazzo, they're really unstoppable. They had 32 assists on the game. They shot the ball better from all three levels, both three pointers, uh, two pointers, and free throws. They won the rebounding battle. They had more assists. Like it would always be very hard for Alba to, to compete, obviously. And Real showed that throughout the 40 minutes. But if you're going to lose, against Real Madrid on all of these categories, man, you're not going to be able to compete, man. Like, they have so many good players that, like like you said, nobody played more than 24 minutes and they still won by 20-plus points. Like, That's the level they're at. So it's always going to be very hard for any team to to be up there with Real Madrid. And obviously, Alba, you know, they're younger. They, they're they inconsistent. They, they try to play fast at times, but against a team like Real Madrid, it would always be very hard to do that. Uh I like the way Procida played. Uh, I think he was one of the the few highlights for for Alba. But other than that, I mean, it, it was just not a fair matchup. So it was kind of expected. Yeah, Real Madrid has a plus minus, accumulated plus minus of plus 128, 28 so far this season. The second team is Barcelona with 69. It's it's a massive <laughs> difference of the way crazy. Real Madrid is playing. They have a, a 666 points. Uh, that allowed and uh, there is no other team that is below uh, 750 uh, Olympiacos have 741 they just have been absolutely dominant on both ends of the, the court they they have the solutions they just implement a dominant uh, style of basketball and they are serious 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 contenders to win the, this edition of the EuroLeague and it certainly won't be easy for anyone but we have very talented rosters very talented teams I just wanted to take a moment to, to speak about Procida and the way that they played. We have been very high on him as a prospect, as a player that can be an elite player at the EuroLeague level. He's really showing that he's bringing and starting to be consistent and sooner rather than later we can be starting to talk about him as a, a top player and a player that will be in a way more competitive team. Yeah, I mean, uh, we just want to continue to see him grow and develop his game over here because he has uh, amazing potential. He is a very athletic wing and 
he can shoot the three. Obviously, he needs to be more consistent as far as that. But uh, he can do a lot of the things uh, on the court that you need. So I think he has a way to, to have a, a nice career uh, over here in, in Europe. And, and I think he's got all the potential in the world. It's just a matter of taking advantage of this opportunity where he's getting more minutes this year. He, he's a bigger part uh, of what this team is uh, compared to last season, of course. So it's about him taking advantage of the opportunity, uh, keep growing his game, and I think he will be just fine in the long run. Yeah, he will be just fine and he will be performing at a very high level on, on the EuroLeague. We can bite on that and we can expect that from him. This brings us to the end of this episode. If you enjoyed it, share the podcast with a friend. That allows us to continue to grow and to bring you this content for free for you guys that follow us and that listen to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Itus EuroLeague and subscribe to the podcast to ensure that you don't miss out on any new episodes. We release episodes uh, four times a week. We usually bring two episodes, uh, two-part episodes that recaps the week uh, that we just had on the EuroLeague and keep you up to date with all the action, the standings and everything that is happening on the EuroLeague. And then two episodes previewing the, the week ahead and the matchups that we have so we can keep you guys updated. We have plans to expand and to keep bringing you more content. So make sure to subscribe, make sure to share the podcast, help us growing, and we'll continue to bring you good content about the EuroLeague for free and to, to keep all of you with us and to keep growing with us. As always, I'll be talking with you guys soon. Bye, guys. See you on next episode. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.